I'm going to go ahead and bring in Eric Williams um, of uh, ESPN to talk to us about the Chargers. And believe it or not, um, we're going to have to do this the old-fashioned way by actually dialing someone on the telephone, not even a text message. We're going to we're going to call him. It's going to be like uh, old school. Let's see if Eric answers the phone. exciting this is this is gripping hello it's eric hey eric this is brian uh real hawk talk how you doing dude i'm doing well how you doing brian good it's been a long time i appreciate you taking the time to join the call yeah no problem man. hey and uh i want to introduce you to evan hill and uh, will cornell who are uh, co-hosts with me on the show tonight thanks for coming on sir appreciate what's it what's up will hey, how's it going man uh, so Evan and Will, just double check. You guys are able to hear okay? Absolutely. A little bit, yeah. Cool. All right. I'll make sure and hold it as close as possible to the mic here. But um, uh, Eric, you are uh, covering the Chargers for ESPN. You were covering it with them um, down there in San Diego as well. So you've got a lot of familiarity. And you covered the Seahawks back for the Tacoma News Tribune. Um, so you've, you've got a unique perspective in this game. Um, and... <laughs> uh, really curious, like, what are the storylines that you're paying attention to as you, you come into this? Um, well, I think a couple different things. I think, um, you know, if you talk to anybody that, you know, is involved in the game, it kind of comes down to offensive line play, defensive line play, and quarterback play. So I think that's kind of the matchup that you look at first. Um, I think the Seahawks offensive line has improved and they're playing much better. And in years past, they seem to kind of solidify things with Solari coming in there. Uh, so it looks like the change has been good, and they've changed personnel. Um, and so they're running the football a little better. So I'm interested to see if they're going to be able to run the football uh, against the Chargers defensively and what that looks like. And then on the flip side, um, I want to see if the Seahawks defensively can get pressure on Phillip Rivers and um, the Chargers offensive line will be playing. Uh, a little better than they played last year. The addition of Mike County has helped them both in the pass protection in the run game. Uh, so I'll be looking for line play on both sides and then quarterback play. You know, Rivers, is he going to continue to take care of the football and only have three interceptions this year? He's done a pretty good job, 17 touchdowns, but he's still been able to make plays. Um, play in a tough environment, obviously, at the clink. Um, it's going to be loud. Um, but he's he played well there in the past, you know, like two for 455 last time he was there in 2010. Um, and then, I, you know, with Russell, I, I want to see if he continues to, 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 uh, to make plays offensively, finding his targets. Uh, he's done a nice job, you know, with Doug and, and Lockett. Um, I think the addition of that thing gives him a playmaker at the tight end position, adds, uh, adds something to the offense there. Um, and just, they've been able to have balance because of how well they've been able to run the football. So uh, quarterback play and line play will be two of the things I'll be watching. Interesting. And, and um, a couple things I'm curious about. So uh, everyone's going to be watching the injury report. Um, you know, injuries can have a huge impact in these games. And we already, it sounds like Joey Bosa is, is, you know, highly unlikely to play in this game. Um, Melvin Gordon's the other name there that everyone's watching, and he missed the the game before the bye week uh, in London with a hamstring injury. Uh, I knew yesterday that he was limited. 
Um, what's he trending toward for this game? Yeah, as you mentioned, Bose is not going to play. He hasn't even practiced, uh, hasn't practiced since week one, and they're going to take their, their time with that. So you won't see Bose on Sunday. Uh, Melvin, you know, is a little bit of a, um, a question mark. You know, he practiced uh, Wednesday and he practiced on Thursday. We only get to watch the first 20 minutes of practice, so we just saw him in individual drills. But he didn't look totally comfortable. Um, you know, hamstring injuries, um, there's a wide range that you're dealing with in terms of whether it's a minor strain or, or potentially a, a tear. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens on Friday. Usually Friday, though, they're pretty light. They might not even go helmets on Friday. Um, but I'm interested to see what Melvin says on Friday and how confident he feels that he can get out there um, and play. In, in past times where Melvin's been questionable, more times than not, he plays because he's pretty tough and he's able to play, you know, dinged up and still get out there. But with an injury like this, I don't think they want to risk long-term injury just to get him out there on Sunday. Uh, they like Austin Eckler. Obviously, he's a different type of runner, more like a Justin Forsett, but faster, a better inside runner than Melvin is. Uh, and they have some other guys behind Melvin. Um, Justin Jackson out of Northwestern, a rookie they drafted in the seventh round. Um, but not as, as, as explosive as Melvin as you would expect as a backup. And then Detrez Newsom is an undrafted guy at Western Carolina that could see some reps if Melvin can't play. So, yeah, I, I agree. Whether or not Melvin plays will, will be a significant, um, uh, significant thing to follow this weekend. Yeah, and, and you mentioned a guy that I bet a lot of Seahawks fans have not heard of, second-year running back, and, and uh, I think – Austin uh, uh, Eckler, is that how you pronounce his last name? Yep. Um, you know, the guy's averaging, you know, like close to six yards a carry. He seems like he's a threat out of the backfield as a receiver as well. I think he's caught some pretty big passes from, from Rivers. Um, you know, what, what kind of player is he? You know, you mentioned that he's like Justin Forsett, but faster. Um, you know, his numbers look like he could be or the type of player that's that's kind of like a Alvin Kamara in terms of the types of way he gets used. You know, what do you see from him? What's, what's his, his upside as a player? Um, well, I compare him to Justin because they're, they're about the same size. You know, um, Austin's about 5'7". They listen at 200, but he's probably closer to 190, 195 pounds. Uh, he's probably pound for pound the strongest player on the team. You know, the guy that's probably close to close to 400 pounds. Squats a ton. Uh, very elusive in the open field. These guys going to make you know people miss, and then once he gets out in the field and gets past the second level, he's a person that can take it to the house because of his his uh, his speed. Um, played small college ball at, at Western State, Colorado, so small college. A guy with an undrafted rookie. They've done a pretty good job of, of finding talented players that are undrafted rookies. Tyrell Williams, another guy that's you know from the Northwest, played at Western Oregon. Um, I, I think the issue for Austin, though, is I don't think he's a guy that's going to be able to carry 20, 25 times because of his size. They're going to need to, to find another back to kind of mix in there with him. And I think he might see a little bit of Justin if Austin gets to start and Melvin can't go. Got it. And and uh, I'm curious, like one of the things I've seen when I've been looking at the Chargers and, and some of the, the early season success Phillip Rivers is actually under a decent amount of pressure. It seems like the offensive line is struggling a little bit to protect him, especially the guards. But he's got a higher passer rating when under pressure this season than when he's 
throwing from a clean pocket. Do you have a, an explanation for that? Is he dumping it off to these running backs? Is it like, what is it that you think is leading to Rivers being so effective when he's under pressure this year? Well, first of all, he's accurate. He's probably one of the most accurate passers um, in the league. Um, he's decisive. He knows where he wants to go with the football when, when teams do pressure him, so it actually puts him at an advantage. And a lot of times, like you said, he's, he's checking down. He's getting to the running back right now. And that's um, an advantage for a veteran quarterback. Um, you know, a lot of times younger guys will wait to get to that check down. Uh, but by getting to that check down quicker, you allow those guys to make plays after the catch because now they're in space and, and the, the linebackers are trailing them. So his ability to get to those check downs early once he knows the pressure's coming allows them to create those explosive plays to guys like Eckler and Melvin Gordon or, or to tight ends or slot receivers. Evan, you got a question? Yeah, Eric, I appreciate you coming on. I uh, My question revolves around, um, obviously, the younger big name on the Chargers in the defensive backfield is, is Derwin James. Obviously, he was the first-round pick for the Chargers this year. And as we know, many Seahawks fans were hoping that he would fall to Seattle just because he slid you know, out of the top 10. And many Seahawks fans were hoping that he could be somebody that could eventually replace Cam. Now, obviously, we know that didn't happen, and he landed out on the Chargers. But my question for you is, number one, how has Derwin James performed this year? And number two, what type of impact can we expect from him on Sunday? Well, in terms of his performance, he's exceeded expectations, which is impressive because expectations were high. Um, you know, like you said, he fell down the draft board. I don't know why. I don't know if it was injury or, or what the concerns were, but the Chargers were happy to get him at 17. Um, you talked about it. He's a great fit in Pete Carroll's system, which is the same system that Gus Bradley is running. Um, he is a physical freak and a, and a league of freaks. So his athleticism is off the charts. To me, he's kind of a combination of Cam and Earl. And I say that because he's 6'2", 215 pounds. So he can come and play in the box as a run defender or a guy that can blitz. And, and he's a thumper. He's a guy that hits you. That said, he also ran like a 4-4-5, I think, at the combine. So he has that, that elite speed that can be a guy that can play in the back and as a free safety and get red line to red line and really come up and run support and give you another defender. Um, and he's got great instincts as a football player, um, and he gets the football. You know, I think he has like three and a half sacks. He gets a lot of hands on balls uh, in terms of pass coverage, and, and when he has a chance to intercept it, unlike most defense backs, he actually catches it. Um, so he has a great hand-eye coordination. He's, he's, he's an impressive player. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll make a Pro Bowl, because I think it's hard for rookies to make the Pro Bowl because they kind of want to have those guys kind of earn the, the respect. But um, with Joey Bosa out, he's probably been their best defensive player, either him or Melvin Ingram. Will, uh, I know you guys have a question for Eric. Hey, Eric, thanks for coming on. Um, as I was taking a look at the Chargers offensive attack this year, um, I've noticed that it seems to be a little bit more balanced. Um, you know, you think of whenever I think of the Chargers, at least in past years, I think of, you know, all those, you know, high passing numbers and that, you know, always Philip Rivers kind of leading the show. But it seems like 
they're running the ball a little bit more um, and seem to be a little bit more balanced in their offense. What do you attribute that to? Uh, my bounty. I just think that they're able to run the ball a little more consistently, particularly on first down. Um, you know, their first down numbers in terms of running the football were down last year. This year, they're one of the top five teams in terms of running the football on first down. And I, I think that's directly attributable to having an athletic center that can get to the second level of defense and, and carve out uh, clear, decisive running lanes for Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon is, uh, you know, a, a year further into the offense. I think he has a better understanding of, of where the, the running lanes are going to be. Uh, and, and they have a better understanding of what plays work for Melvin. Um, so they, they've really um, emphasized the running game. They want to make it easier for Phillips so he doesn't have to throw it 40 or 50 times a game. But when he does throw it, he can dial up chunk plays, explosive plays. Uh, and they've done a nice job of that so far this season. So, Eric, um, you know, one thing that's really jumped out to me, and I'm sure a lot of folks about the Chargers this year, is the receiving core. Um, people know Keenan Allen. Um, you know he's been a, a player for a while and made made big plays. But they've added to that group. Um, talk to us a little bit about Mike Williams, about Tyrell Williams. I believe is another player that's been stepping up. Um, how's that receiving core looking, and how do you think that that group matches up against the Seahawks secondary? Yeah, you know I, I think when you look at their receivers one through four. I think they're a top five receiving group in the NFL. You know, Keenan is probably the top ten receiver in the league, even though he only has one touchdown so far. Uh, defenses have to account for where he's at, and he's good at, you know, working from the slot or he can work out on the perimeter. Uh, does a great job off the line of, of creating separation and getting off press coverage. But really, he's like a big receiver at 6'2", 210 pounds, but he moves like Doug Ball when he moves like a small receiver. Uh, he's a guy who played running back in high school, um, was a, a good basketball player in high school, so he has that short area of quickness. And then on the outside, you just have two, you know, two, six, three, six, four guys that can go get it. Um, Tyrell Williams is, is more of a speed guy, vertical threat. Um, I think he's averaging 21 yards per catch. Um, he's had two big games the last couple weeks, and he's kind of been their big play guy. But Mike Williams is, is coming on as well. Obviously, struggled his rookie year and had back and knee injuries, so it took him a while to get acclimated in the offense and really to develop a rapport with Phillips. He was able to do that this offseason, and I think the Chargers are seeing the results of that. Um, Mike has four touchdowns, and, and then another guy, uh, a big body receiver that can go up and get it. You know, Phillips has had a lot of these guys in the past, whether it's been Vincent Jackson or Malcolm Floyd. Um, they've always been able, been able to get big, tall, rangy guys that can make plays down the field. Along with that, you know, it's still Travis Benjamin, probably the fastest receiver in that group. He's been dinged up a little bit, but he'll probably today. And they like to run him on that jet sweep action too to, to, to um, stretch teams horizontally. Um, so with those four guys, it gives you a lot of different things you can do to defenses. You know, sometimes they're the primary, sometimes they're the decoy. Um, and they do a good job of kind of playing off each other. And they also will block in the run game, which sometimes you receivers don't want to do. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and I think one of the questions that uh, a lot of folks have, especially on the Seattle side, um, is, you know, the, the Chargers come in here 5-2. and two, um, 
and their two losses are to two of the best, better teams in the NFL. But their five wins are against some of the weakest teams in the NFL. So, you know, what's your take on like how good is this team? Is this a is this a legitimate Super Bowl contending team? Is this a team that still has got a lot to prove before you're ready to say that? Where do you, where do you kind of place them in the in the NFL right now? Well, I, I think you said it, Brian. I think, you know, when you look at their wins, they don't really have an impressive win. I think Cleveland's probably better than people are giving them credit when you look at um, their defensive line and, and their offensive line and some of their playmakers on offense. But, again, you know, Cleveland really hasn't beat anybody. Um, so they, they still have to prove it with, you know, some of the games they have lined up, starting with this game in Seattle. It'll be a tough game on the road. Um, they have two weeks to prepare for it, um, so I think that helps them. Uh, after Seattle, um, I think they go to Oakland, and then they host the Broncos and the Cardinals. So those are three easier games. And then the next game where they really will be tested is uh, December 2nd. They go to Pittsburgh and face the Steelers. Um, so the back half of their season, they'll really find out you know, whether or not they're truly a team that uh, are Super Bowl contenders. But they certainly believe that they have the pieces in place to, to compete. Once they get Joey Bosa back on that defense, I think that defense will be pretty solid and go with, with their offense, and they'll be formidable. But again, they have to beat some teams that are going to be in the running for the playoffs for, for the Chargers to be considered, I think, a team that can contend for the Super Bowl. Well, and last question I've got for you before I let you go is, is uh, flip it around. I don't know if you've had a chance to, to watch much of the Seahawks. I know your focus is on the Chargers. But, you know, given what you've seen when you saw you covered the Seahawks in the past during the Pete Carroll era and where they are now, what do you see from the Seahawks? Like, what, what's, what's your kind of quote-unquote outsider, insider view um, of, of the team? Yeah, i just watching them, and, you know, I've watched bits and pieces. I, I watched them play the entire game against the Lions. It reminds me a lot of the, the team in 2010. I think that went 7-9 and nine and kind of snuck in the – the, the playoffs. It's, it's a team that's, you know, they don't want to say it, but they're rebuilding. I mean, that's, they're getting rid of a, a lot of their, you know, uh, cornerstone players, and they're keeping the ones that they want to build around, you know, KJ and, um, and Bobby defensively, uh, offensively, obviously, Russell. Um, they draft Penny in the first round. Obviously, he hasn't played a whole lot, but just having Penny in there, I think, has kind of created competition. So at least now you have a consistent running game which is what Pete wants. Um, they've done a pretty good job of taking care of the football. And I just think defensively, they look like the Seahawks are supposed to look on defense. You see all 11 guys running the football. Uh, they're, they're tackling pretty well in space. They're not giving up a lot of big plays. And uh, and they're creating consistent pass rush, which has is, is always been kind of one of the, the, the key things that Pete has focused on. So. Um, I just think they're kind of, you know, back to where they were when Pete first got there and started building that roster. It's probably going to take a couple years for them to, to be back into Super Bowl contention, but I wouldn't be surprised um, if they sneak into the playoffs just because they have one of the better quarterbacks in the game in Russell. Awesome. Well, Eric, it, it sounds like, is it fair that, that you, you like the Chargers' chances in this game? Yeah, I I just think two weeks to prepare for a team is a big deal, even though you're going on the road against a good team, playing in a hospital environment. Um, I mean, these guys play at the Southern Center, which really isn't a home venue anyway. So 
they're, they're pretty much playing in a hostile environment, whether they're at home or on the road. So they're going to be used to that. That's not going to affect them maybe as much as it would other teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Chargers. I think, I think this game means more to them than it does to Seattle, to be honest, where Seattle sits at 4-4. At four four. They can, they can lose a game and still get back into it, still get the playoffs. For the Chargers to go where they want to go, they need to prove that they can win games like this. So I think they will play with some urgency. And so um, I think I picked them to win 28-24. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think Seattle's going to have to score with the Chargers in order to win, which they certainly can do. You know, we've seen Russell make plays in the past and um, be able to put points on the board. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle wins it. But, um, I just feel like the Chargers are, are the team that to them that maybe doesn't see us. Awesome. Well, Eric, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, folks uh, should check you out um, at Eric underscore D underscore Williams on Twitter and uh, at ESPN. Writes great stuff. And uh, Eric, thanks again for coming aboard. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. And enjoy the game on Sunday. All right. Thanks, Eric.